Great morning, everybody. It is Monday, January 18th. It is Dr. Martin Luther King Day, and we are so excited uh, to have you on with us this morning. It's a special day, um, and I thought, you know, even though schools and most organizations are closed, uh, that that this was a great opportunity to, to honor one of the greatest global um, peacemakers and, and um, like a thinker of our organ of of our lifetime. Well, not not my lifetime, but but of our um, you know generation's uh, lifetime. So I wanted to spend this you know 30 to 45 minutes with you, just sharing a lesson that I had heard uh, from Dr. John Maxwell, um, and did my best to put it into my own words and my own thinking, and and how we can relate that to uh, school leadership, uh, because we aim as our mission to be the difference maker in the leadership development of you and the organization that you lead and your team. And we do that. Uh, we're so humbled to do that. We're so uh, uh, grateful. Uh, you know, our core values are gratitude, commitment, collaboration, and most importantly, intentionality. Because there's a difference between good intentions and intentional living, intentional actions. And in order to grow, you must intentionally take actions towards growth, whether it's reflection, reading, being mentored, being coached. Being responsive is critical rather than being reactive. Speaking of being responsive, tomorrow, Lisa's legal series continues. She will be focusing on what to do when you need to investigate a discrimination or misconduct claim. Very critical for you to share this opportunity with your board, with your public, with your uh, uh, human resources. Okay, anybody who deals with with your contracts and your employee agreements. This will be a great learning experience for them to hop on this call tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Okay, there was one reminder sent out last week, uh, but we will make sure that we send another one uh, today. So I really want to focus on this uh, teaching about Dr. King. Um, because it's how to create a positive change, right? How do we create positive changes in your organization, your community, and your home? The Dr. King way. That was my whole my whole goal was to, you know, what are the what are some steps that Dr. King took that we as 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 leaders can bring home, uh, bring home to our families, okay? Bring home to our local community. Uh, maybe you do a lot of community organization. Maybe in your church. Um, in your professional organization as well. So as we celebrate the life of Dr. King, uh, his, his, his first quote that just jumped right out at me, the desire for lifelong learning fosters an equally strong tendency to listen. And when we are, we can't learn with our mouths open. We can only learn through our ears and our listening. So the first, the first of five key positive chain-making uh, strategies that you need is listening. 
all right? And Dr. King, he led by being led. He listened to the needs of his people. And only those who do not seek power are lucky enough to hold it. All right? Lifelong learning equals listening. It takes listening. And there's four major benefits to listening. One is building trust. Two, it enables learning. Because remember, when we talk, we're not learning. Because when we talk, we're thinking about reaction, right? We're not listening. We're not deep into the listening when we're talking. The third major benefit of listening is understanding. Okay, when you're listening, you're uh, you are you are, you are taking a deeper understanding of, of of what your people are telling you. And the fourth is it creates a connection. Okay, it gives you an opportunity to listen and then lead. All right, so those are four major benefits of listening. So Dr. King was constantly learning from, from his experiences so he could do better the next time. Right? Self-analysis. We've talked about how there is no learning without reflection. Okay, so you should always be asking questions, seeking responses, so you can ensure that you make the best decisions. Dr. King criticized himself more than any he criticized any of his enemies. Okay, think about the greatest leaders in your life. Okay, they're very self-critical, right? They're always, always analyzing. They're always seeking. They're always seeking success. So as a leader, growth never stops. When you know it all, that's when you're actually ready to learn, right? When you think you know it all, when you know it all, that's when you know nothing, right? You know that you know nothing. So we started this by talking about listening, right? And as a leader, your growth never stops. So the four L's of the leader, loving, listening, learning. And when you combine those three, then it qualifies you to lead. Loving, listening, learning qualifies you to lead. Dr. King shared, I never started the protest nor suggested it. I simply responded to the call of the people for a spokesman. And you need to listen to your people because you are their spokesman. And we're going to talk about how, how he did this and how you can do this deeper into the call. All right, so we've already talked about listening. Let's look to the second, the second 
key char characteristics for making positive change in your home, community, organization is communication. And you to connect with others, you need to you need to be able to communicate at a high level. Think about the greatest speeches um, over the last 300 years, right? Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death. We all know that. 1800s, you had the Gettysburg Address. In 1900s, I have a dream. Everybody knows where it comes from. Anywhere you go in the world and you say, I have a dream, everybody knows it's Dr. Martin Luther King. So King was able to communicate vision, right? He was so great at putting visions through his words. And this started at a very young age. He, he uh, followed in his father's footsteps at, at the Ebenezer Baptist Church. And, and he had a knack, a knack at a very young age for being able to, to get others to visualize through his speeches and uh, communications to others. There's five major reasons for a leader to master the art of public speaking. This is very, very important because as, as school leaders and principals, we don't, we don't spend a lot of time uh, working on our public speaking. But to be able to communicate effectively, this is, a, this is a critical skill. So let's really think about five major reasons for a leader to master the art of public speaking. One is to articulate and intensify the values and beliefs of the organization. Okay. Two is to educate, persuade, and sell people on new ideas. Three, ensure members of the organization the actions that the leader is taking, right? You are clarifying the actions we are taking. You've got to be able to communicate with clarity so people know that your walk matches your talk. Number four, to build support and enthusiasm. You have to be a great speaker. There's so many great motivational speeches out there that principals use, and I always think about why doesn't the principal just get better at their own motivational speaking and do it themselves? Why do they need to bring the Steve Jobs um, commencement speech, right? Why do we use Jeffrey Canada? I mean, there's so many great ones that we watch and we get inspired by them, and then we show them to other people. And we take the time to learn how to be better motivational speakers ourselves. Inspire people to take action, right? Because this is the bottom line. The bottom line is, 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 is where we're going, where we're heading, what our goals are. So I want to recap those. These are, these are five reasons why every leader should master the art of public speaking. One, to our articulate the values of the organization. Two is to educate, persuade, and sell people on new ideas. Three is to ensure members of the organization the actions the leader is taking. Four, build support and enthusiasm. And five is inspire people to take action because this is the bottom line. There's so many opportunities. You can join a Toastmasters. You, you can record yourself. You can get feedback. Ask your people how you are. You cannot be afraid of your criticism, right? Don't be afraid of showing emotion during your public speaking. 
And if you look at Dr. King's speeches, there was there, there were some critical key aspects to them. Number one, he always spoke in a simple and common language. It's very easy to understand, right? Dr. Maxwell always talks about he puts the cookies on the lower shelf so everybody can get to them. Right? He's so good at being quick. In education, we have so many acronyms and so many key phrases, and there's so many things, this mumbo-jumbo that we use. Educators are the best at confusing other people, right? If you get it the first time in your College of Education courses, if you got it the first time, then, then obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the prof didn't do a great job of confusing you. Number two, he shared stories of sacrifice and courage by the people. What is the story of your school? What stories do you share? When you're talking to people about what you do, what are, what are the stories that you share about your school? If you're trying to attract a big fundraiser, what, what, what will you share? Right. Number three, King always used symbols and imagery. Right? He talked about David of trust and the Goliath of justice, always using biblical imagery that folks understood. Four, he told personal stories of the people in the movement. Right again, going back to your stories. Five, incredible metaphors. Right? He was great metaphorically. He had this just knack of pulling in the right word. And he was he was so great at articulating the voice of how the people felt, right? The, he turned words into feelings and pictures that we could sense, that we wanted to see, right? It's so important as 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 when we are speaking to our people, as 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 we're speaking to our teams, how are you connecting with them, right? How are you turning your words into their feelings? when your words are to influence and lead and not manage and push. So I want you to think about how you can better prepare. And it's all about preparation. Dr. King was a master of the human senses, and he understood that through speech, you could combine sound and vision very, very effective method to communicating to the masses. So I want you to think about that the next time you're going to do your next staff meeting, your next staff retreat, about how are you preparing ahead of time. And it's not about reading off a memo. Right? Todd Whitaker taught us that every time you meet with, their, with your people, they should be more inspired to come back to work the next day. So far, we've learned his first two keys were to listen and communicate, okay? Using our ears and our mouths separately at the same time. Let's look at number three. He was able to persuade and move others into action. The life of a leader is consumed with activity, but that always does not mean productivity. Okay? Being active does not always mean you're productive. Leaders are reliable and tirelessly persistent. Make a little progress each day, right? 
keep chopping at that one tree each day. Don't don't try to cut down ten trees at once. Do it one tree at a time. Every day, come to that one tree, take a whack. Come back the next day, take another whack. Right. So this is how Dr. King motivated individuals to act. Number one, he placed events in context, right? So doing this creates an understanding of the why. So important to start every conversation with why. And we've talked about this probably 20 times over the last two months of calls. Start with why. Start everything with why. Place it in the context. This allows the individual to the to decide what the what the vision means to them personally. Okay, you're not you're not telling people to do things. You're informing them of our current reality and why it's critical that we move to this next action. He appealed to the ethics and the morality of people. And I agree. People either have morals or they don't. You either have ethics or you don't. So in our schools, it's all about doing what's right for kids. Why else are we here? Dr. King was able to communicate the message to persuade others that if we don't learn to work together, we will perish as fools. will perish as fools. He shared facts and advocated specific initiatives, right? He was just great at identifying the reality of the situation, clearly pointing to the problem and gave multiple solutions, right? Don't just come and complain. Have solutions. When we had the opportunity, you know, as as a coalition in this uh, past October, we we got to meet with great charter school leaders, decision makers of North Carolina, members of, of of legislation, members of the state board of education, members of the office of charter schools, and it was interesting to hear the problems being shared, but very little solutions being brought to the table. It's a learning experience. If you're going to bring a problem, be prepared to bring multiple solutions that align to the why. All right, and finally, Dr. King was able to persuade others to move through action through his incredible ability to continually encourage and set a strong example and being the filter because he said no lie can live forever. No lie can live forever. And I love this 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 great quote that has been said by many people and you know Dr. King as well, but only those who do not seek power are qualified to hold it. So critical when you're building influence, those who do not seek power are the ones that are most qualified to hold it because it's not about you. It's not about my message. It's about 
us and our message, right? Moving from me to we. So, so far we've learned that Dr. King was able to listen, communicate, and persuade. Let's look at number four. Consolidate. So great at forming alliances with others because he realized that 10% cannot induce 90% to change through tension alone. Okay, in isolation, a minority group cannot achieve greatness. It takes major, for, for major transformation to occur, you need alliances. Okay, again, going back to the why. Why are we all in this all together? What are we aiming for? What is our vision? What is our bottom line? What is the ultimate goal? So he would regularly articulate the advantages of building alliances together. Okay? So when you're thinking about your school, and if you're a brand new school leader coming into a, a reform situation or a consultant or anything, it's just so important to, to again, establish the why, okay? find the pockets of influences, and build alliances to get to the end result. Because it takes energy, enthusiasm, and courage in order to step outside your comfort zone to form those alliances together. But it's for the betterment of the change, right? So it's so important for you to look at those. How can I how can I build more influence? Who can I bring in? Okay, who has expertise that I don't? Who has the other pockets of influence? How do we create alliances and get moving towards the right direction? In North Carolina we are facing this. Right? We we just did it. We just had our 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 um our, uh, gosh, what was it? It was the spring of 2015, and and there was a long legislative session. Right in North Carolina, we are a little broken. We had we have some different third-party organizations and a lot of people doing separate things. But we were able to bring everybody all together with this coalition. Right, we had the North Carolina Alliance, we had the Public Charter Schools Association, we had Parents for Education Freedom, we had Team CFA, we had Self Help. We had all of these groups coming together once a month so we could be a united front to get the fair funding pushed. Was the result what, what we all wanted? No, but we made progress. Right, we turned the wheel a little, and for the first time in five years, we actually had true, uh, you know, unified force moving forward. It was very, very difficult to bring all that. Lots of energy, lots of time, but for the betterment of North Carolina schools and, and the children of North Carolina. You put egos aside and you listen and you communicate and you persuade to create alliances. Because alliances allow more results to be achieved, right? So, so you know, Asking for commitments is so important. You know, the Birmingham Pledge, you know, the nonviolent movement, uh, you know, set forth by Dr. King. What is your what is your school pledge? What are you pledging to be achieving? Okay, how are you getting commitments? So alliances allow more results to be achieved, one, by asking for commitments, but two, by planning and goal setting. As a wise leader, Dr. King shared these, a wise leader plans before taking action. Okay, so it's not a, it's a, it's a ready, aim, fire, not a ready, fire, aim mentality. And it's not a ready, aim, 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 then fire. Okay, it's ready, aim, fire. Goals and detailed plans can help 
the process of change. They facilitate the process of change, clearly communicating those goals in a detailed plan is part of that process. Detailed plans are used to channel the masses and keep them moving in the same direction. It's it's the chart. It's your compass. It, it's what you should be using on a daily basis to make sure you're getting from point A to point B. Goals unify people. Goals motivate people. And goals stimulate action because what gets measured gets done. And there's a growing excitement to reach those goals. So let's recap so far. Listen, communicate, persuade, and consolidate. Okay, those are the four. We're on our last one. We're on our last one towards positive change. Touch. Okay. Dr. King walked slowly through the crowd. And every time I hear this, I think about walkthroughs as a principle, right? Stopping to see your teacher, stopping to ask them how they're doing, going finding those pockets of influence of students, right? When I was a middle school principal, there was always certain students that I could rely on of making great decisions, but also informing me of some things that were happening. And then I could go find those students and slowly walk through the crowd and just see how they're doing and try to keep, keep, keep the influence on my side, right? So Maxwell, during his lesson about Dr. King, shared, shared some great examples. George Washington spent almost every moment that he could in the field during the war. But he was letting them know, I'm here with you. We are all one. We're all moving forward. Abraham Lincoln told and visited troops constantly during the Civil War. FDR, now, he was wheelchair-bound, a little bit different, but he would bring others to the White House and sending his wife, Eleanor, to, to be the spokesperson. Everybody knew that she spoke for the president, right? But, but he, he found his influence. He found his way to walk through the crowd slowly by bringing people to the White House so he could make sure and touch base. Okay, he also had his fireside chats. So why do we do, why do we walk slowly through the crowd? Number one, to obtain key information from our, from our key people on the floor. Two, keep people informed, right? Going back to our goals and our actions and what we're doing. Obtain feedback. Facilitate learning and understanding what people think and feel. <laughs> Okay, five key reasons of why you should be walking through. You can't change your organization from behind your desk. You've got to get out from, your, out from behind your desk. You've got to go obtain key information, keep your key people informed, get your feedback. I had a member, Stephen Gay, member just like six, eight, eight, eight weeks ago in the call, we were talking about getting feedback from our most important people. He was talking about the custodial staff because they do, they know all. They know everything. They see everything. Okay. Understanding what people think and feel. So critical to get off our own agendas and get out into our organization. So many great examples of this. Southwest Airlines, 
Walmart and, and, and major organizations, I mean, the leaders were on the floor. They were on the floor with their people, getting feedback, walking slowly, letting them know that I'm here with you. I'm here. We are one. Okay, so take that time. Make sure you're having daily walkthroughs. So your, some, some of your schools are bigger than others. Some of you have 16, 1,700 kids, okay? So maybe you can't get to every classroom every day, but you have a clear schedule. You be intentional. You make sure at least once a week you're in every part of your of your school. Some schools, we can do walkthroughs in 10 or 15 minutes. You should be able to do a couple per day. So to wrap up, the five key strategies for positive change brought to us, um, you know, through, through observing Dr. King and through learning from uh, Dr. King are one, listen. Two, communicate. Three, persuade to move others into action. Four, consolidate to form alliances. And finally, touch. Walk slowly through the crowd. These qualities of compassion and key intentional strategies will help you create that positive change that you've been looking for in 2016. Whether your, your change needs to be small or your change maybe needs to be large, these are five great steps that we can learn from Dr. King. And all he wanted, all he ever talked about, he said, uh, I just want to leave a committed life behind me that folks know that I lived to serve, to love and serve humanity, right? And try and try and try until you succeed. There's a big difference between um, persistence and perseverance, right? And I heard this over the weekend, and I really started to feel about perseverance, and, 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 and when I think of perseverance, I, I think of the leader that's, that's just constantly active. But persistence is a leader that's focusing on priorities and achieving goals until they succeed. There's a calming difference between the two. And Dr. King showed us that calming difference. So I'm going to finish my teaching with this quote by Dr. King. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. So that's my teaching from this morning. What I've learned, I spent some time listening and learning to some Dr. King speeches and from some other mentors, and I hope, hope this added value to you. I will, I will open up the queue. Go ahead and hit star, star six, get you in the queue, and feel free to ask any questions or, or, or share something you know. And let's see, we got someone in there. Go ahead, bud. Hey, bud, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Tom. Uh, good. I tried to reach you earlier. I don't think the ID was correct. Well, that's okay. Well, hey, everybody makes uh, makes uh, mistakes. Hopefully, hopefully, some folks got on. So I apologize for that. Okay, I just I was trying to let you know that's why I got on the queue earlier. But uh, uh, your talk is is excellent and right on about keeping the communication and the listening and the and being where your people are. 
there's nothing more important than being in a teacher's classroom and listening to them in their territory, taking notes, whatever, and getting back to them. That is one of the greatest things an administrator can do is to walk among the classrooms and be there as a support. Yeah, without a doubt. And, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of when I was a, a charter school consultant and I would walk around with principals. You know, I could tell which principals made that a habit. Uh, because when we would walk into classrooms looking at the looks of the of the teachers' faces or the students' faces, you, you know, you can tell right away. Um, so, you know, that's important that, 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 that you are present in your organization, you know, on a daily basis, and you're getting people the feedback. You're using those five uh, you know, strategies. One, listening, listening right at all times. And two, communicating what you, what you see in an effective manner and persuading action, right, you know, based upon what you saw. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's always positive. Yeah, well, that, that's a uh, that's a real good point. I know when I first would start in a school and go into the classroom, they would look at me like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> and uh, so, and then later on, it was business as usual, and everyone was just uh, glad to see me. But they didn't. You know, I wasn't interrupting what they were doing. It was not a uh, unique event. It was an ongoing process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. You know, you know, Bud, you've, um, so, uh, you know, you, you've got a few years on me, a few years experience. So, so what, so what do you remember? I mean, do you, do you remember, you know, growing up from, you know, lessons of Dr. King and, and just, you know, going through, I just, I just remember, you know, moving to North Carolina in 2000, um, from an area like uh, uh, the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, uh, you know, race race uh, relations were were real, but not but not ever you know really discussed in the suburbs. And then when I came to Wilmington, um, you know, my teacher assistant, you know, not just like 20 years ago, you know, prior to that was was heavily involved in race 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 relations in Wilmington, and and um, I'm very um, you know fortunate that my daughter. Um, is you know we live in Raleigh now, which is which is way more of a of a melting pot you know per se than the, than the southeast North Carolina area. What do you you know what can you share about about your experiences in education and and you know learning from Dr. King or other civil rights leaders about about what we can do to to ensure uh, you know legacy and that that we are that we are leading. Leading like you know, you know, Dr. King would like us to, because you know, definitely it's 2016. Uh, the race relations might be better, but I don't know if this is what Dr. King had in mind. Um, you know, over 50 years ago, since since he was assassinated. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know when I when I first moved to North Carolina in 1998, um, I was pleasantly surprised about some of the race relations compared to Ohio. There was a, a real undercurrent of uh, racism 
that uh, with uh, where people lived in different communities. Uh, I had a, a very close friend who was black that wanted to move into one of the uh, suburbs of Cleveland. And they ran into all kinds of problems and racism that was just shocking and very hurtful to them. And and so when I was down here, it seemed that people got along more, and I and I I was I was uh, pleased that there were a lot more uh, black people working in the schools and working with uh, in uh, different leadership positions that. Uh, was new to me, and and uh, I I always uh, I grew up with you know grew up in an era when racism was everywhere. It was like water for fish. You, it was just part of the environment. I grew up in an all white small town, and uh, black people were not uh, welcome. It was unwritten, but it was very, very real. And people that grew up in my era, uh, they wouldn't be telling the truth if if they didn't uh, realize that it was a racist society mm-hmm. and that black people were less than. And to come, we've come a long way out of that. And it's encouraging. We still have a long ways to go. Yeah. But I feel, uh, you know, in my own relationships and working with uh, all kinds of people, um, I've, I've always worked very hard to recognize, you know, the era that I came from and not and not let anything that was in my upbringing um, interfere with my relationships with other people, particularly people of color. Yeah. And I have some wonderful friends. And, and I think one of the first things, though, we need to recognize is, you know, the era that you grew up in, whether if it was back when I was, is, is that there is prejudice that's built into you that you must recognize and come against. Yeah, you're right. It goes back to that awareness, you know, and that's, um, I, I grew up in a, in a 99.9% white area. Yeah. And, uh, so, so I, you know, I, we're, we're, we're really fortunate that, um, you know, Devin has, has, has opportunities, you know, my daughter, uh, you know, to grow up in the neighborhood. That's, that's, we're, we're probably the, I won't say we're the minority, but we're close. And uh, it's just a great opportunity because um, I, because I, you know, I never had that as a child. So that's you know, you know, you know, something as leaders about exposure and awareness and all those aspects, and we have to bring that into our schools as well because our charter schools, um, you know, mainly are are one race or the other. We don't have a lot of diversity in our schools, um, uh, but it doesn't mean as leaders we can't just like you know. Uh, Dr. King did is consolidate alliances, right? So you have to be in 
intentional and go out and find opportunities uh, for your students uh, to, 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 to learn and to be exposed and, and, and to break some of those, those walls and those barriers because you are what you know and what you see. And uh, just, 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 you know, you know, like you said. So, well, great points, bud. And it's all about being intentional. And, uh, mm -hmm. and that's critical. Yes. And, and as, as, you know, we're waiting here, you know, Star 6 uh, gets you in to ask any questions or share some of your comments uh, or, 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 you know, your thoughts on leadership and, and, you know, Dr. King and some of his five points. Okay. All right. So, seeing or hearing no no more questions. All right. It's ten forty. This this was a great call. I hope it added value to you. I know it added value to me. I loved um, learning more about Dr. King. I loved learning from my mentor about Dr. King and and what 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 he saw. And I just love the fact that it's pretty much aligned to what we've been talking about leadership since we started this call um, in in August of uh, 2015. Um, and so I'm going to recap them one more time. Great leaders, listen, communicate, persuade, consolidate, and touch others, right, through their actions, through intentional actions. Uh, but it all starts with the first, with the first quality. The first quality of compassion is listening. And your ears can never get you in trouble. So enjoy the rest of your day. Be intentional, be significant, and make sure that you're listening to understand, not to respond. Have a great day, everybody.